Welcome to another episode of uh, To Be Read. Still in your closet. Still in my closet with, um, I don't know if you've noticed, but more sweaters have been added since you last were here. <laughs> I would love to say I have. I did not. Sorry. It's kind of impossible to tell. They're really, uh, they're really just chalking there, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm Katie Willie. I'm Sarah Westcott. And we are happy you're joining us for this week's episode where we're going to discuss Daisy Jones and the Six. Yes, a very good book. Uh, one of my favorites, actually. I, I did give this a, a five-star review when I finished it the first time. I think I'm close to a five-star. Oh, close to yep. a five-star. Okay, yep. okay. We'll, we'll talk about that after. Yep. We'll, we'll talk about our likes and dislikes yep, and everything yep, yep, after. Yep, yep. Um, otherwise, how have you been? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. Anything new going on? Um, Just, you know, COVID scare in my cubicle farmland of work, but... It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. I don't I don't need to not be there. So <laughs> You know, I mean the world is a different place these days and um unfortunately we're at the we're at the um mercy of everybody else. You know what I mean? Yes. Like we have to we're not just taking care of ourselves, we have to worry about other people taking care of themselves so we can take care of ourselves, if that makes any sense. But anyway. It does. I heard somebody say the other day, um, Yes, you get the rights of liberty, but then you also are now part of this microcosm mm-hmm. of people, mm-hmm. and we're all in it together, and correct. you can't pick and choose which parts you want. And I was like, hmm, I like that. That's correct. And unfortunately, not a lot of people understand or take that to heart. Right. But that's where we are in these days. Yes. It's, a, it's a hard time. It's been a tough two years. I can't believe it's been almost two years, but that's where we're at. So anyway. Maybe someday it'll end. Maybe. Yeah. I hope. I hope so. Anyway. Um how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, my son had a basketball game today. They lost terribly. Um, the team just, just you know, outplayed them, whatever. That that happens. But um, uh, it was difficult to watch as a parent. <laughs> I gotcha. Aiden had a very good game, though. So I was I was happy for that, at least. It's just they didn't get the win. So That stinks. I know. It yeah. sucks. It sucks. I, I love I love watching my kid play sports. That's all. Uh, so do I. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Adam's really upset that I wasn't going to make it to his game tonight. It's a but, bummer. I know, you know. I know. Schedules are schedules. and Yes. We have to work around them, unfortunately. Yeah. It's yeah. a pain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Did you finish that book that you were reading last week? I did. I actually finished it right before you got here today, oh. actually. Yeah. And? Um, so that book, what, The Maidens by Alex Michaelitis, whatever the hell his last name is. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I finished it today. And it was decent. Um, it kind of felt a little rushed. Like it, it could have been, this is a weird thing to say, but it almost could have been longer. Like I didn't feel like there was enough story involved in it. It, it just felt like um, this happened and then almost immediately this happened. And then on top of that, this happened. And it just, it kind of, there was no real story development. It was just all like murders happening and someone there's a there's a you know someone they believe is the murderer and we're led to believe is the murderer and then we find out it's not that person and it came out of kind kind of nowhere you know the the twist at the end and I didn't love the twist it was um like really uh I don't know the word I'm looking for at the moment it just it hit me in a weird place it, you know I, I I didn't yeah whatever I don't want to give too much away because we're not talking about this book right. um, <laughs> I so, mean we are but but uh, yeah but we're not talking about it in this context but uh I, I I think I did I did a three star review on uh, on Goodreads, okay. but yeah, it, it was good. I mean, I, I probably would recommend it to you. You might like it, but I don't know. Not selling it, so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> apologies. 
<laughs> put it in the pile. Wait, put it, right, put right it near in the, the bottom. Yes, put it in the pile at the bottom of the pile. Yes, for sure. Fantastic. Yeah. Anyway. The, the prologue. Um, so as we said, uh, this week our book was Daisy Jones and the Six. And that was written by Taylor Jenkins Reid and published on March 5th, 2019. And that was one day before my 35th birthday, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) Little factoid about me, I guess. (laughs) Um, This was a New York Times bestseller. I tried to look up the information on how long it was on the bestseller list, um, but for some reason that's not easily Googleable, if that's a word. Did it I should make a be. word? No, okay. it definitely should be a word. I've actually used that on an on a job interview. Oh, really? As one of my skills is that yeah. I can Google very well. Yeah. So yeah, it's Googleable. Or I like not. it. Or but not Googleable. Yeah, this was not Googleable, unfortunately. Ungoogleable. So good one. Ungoogleable. Ingoogleable. We don't. We're devolving here <laughs> anyway. <laughs> clink clink. Ah. Oh. So. We do have a cocktail with this drink, as we, we always do. do. And it is a different kind of drink, but it's delicious. It is very delicious. Um, it's called the Rock and Rolla, and it's got bourbon and apple and lemon juices and a non-existent all-spice liqueur that is also known as Jaeger in this version. A little bit of bitters, and the actual recipe will be on our social. Yes, it will be. Hopefully you're drinking it with us. I hope you will. It's really good. And I'm not going to lie to you. I could easily picture myself sitting down to like a classic rock album and sipping and this drink. drinking and, this. Exactly. Yes. Like I think it's the bourbon in it. It's just yeah. like sitting it's on like. smoky and, yes. and just kind of yes. chill. Exactly. And, and I heavy. absolutely love it. Yes. Not heavy in like a cream way, but like heavy. Right. Yeah. And not as fruity as the, kind of the other stuff that we've been drinking so far. Yes. Um, so I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's very like, does it taste better? Cause it's in a to be read podcast glass. It is in a to be read podcast glass. Katie made glasses for us guys Yay. with her cricket. And I don't have one of those and I'm not really artistic. So <laughs> I only copied fonts and printed and stuck them on there. It looks very much like, Oh my God, is that a little book thing in the A? That's really cute. It looks like a book thing. Um, that's just the font. But it looks but it like does, a book, like an open red book. Oh, uh-huh. I love it. Hopefully, we'll be selling these someday. If Katie There's... wants to make a bunch, Here, cheers. Thank you. Figure out how to ship glasses. That's mm. the terrifying part. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Maybe mm-hmm. somebody else will do it for us. Anyway, <laughs> um, we're gonna do. We're gonna jump into the story here, but we have to throw out our usual spoiler alert warning. Um, we are gonna talk about details of the book. We are gonna talk about things that happened. We're definitely going to talk about how it ended um, and everything else in between, right? Yep. Yeah. Sure are. So stop listening if you yes. haven't read this book. Yes. Save and this for later. This book is such a super fast read that you could actually almost hit pause and then go read the book and come back and we'll probably be right here. For sure. Waiting for you. Absolutely. So go do that. We'll wait. Okay, we're back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the story. All right, so we do have a synopsis for this book, and I'm going to read it for you. Um, In the 1960s and 70s, Daisy Jones is the daughter of two famous parents who don't pay much attention to her, so she spends her time creating a family in the rock and roll scene. Growing up in Southern California, she is a beautiful, ethereal figure who quickly makes a name for herself with her beautiful but untrained singing voice. On the East Coast, the Six are a rock band founded by the Dunn Brothers, Billy on lead vocals and Graham on the guitar, rounded out with another set of brothers, Eddie on rhythm guitar and Pete on bass, Warren on drums, and Karen on the keys. After being mildly successful along 
the Atlantic, they decide to make their way out to California in order to hit it big. They land a record deal, and soon after, Billy Dunn calls the girl he left behind, Camilla, and asks her to marry him and join him in California. The six find decent success with their first album, mostly written by Billy, and leave for their first U.S. tour. With a child on the way, Billy falls a little too hard into the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and when Camilla gives birth to her, their baby girl, she asks him to go to rehab so he can work towards becoming a better person for his family. He meets his daughter, Julia, after he finish, finishes rehab 60 days later. Meanwhile, the Six's album is doing well, but it's still missing something. The band's producer wants to bring in a female voice on their most popular song and suggests singer-songwriter Daisy Jones. Daisy and Billy immediately have incredibly incredible singing chemistry, and the song they record together is an instant hit. Daisy jo Jones hits the road with the band as their opener, and a Rolling Stone journalist writes a story called The Six That Should Be Seven. After some hemming and hawing, it's decided that Daisy will join the band, and Billy and Daisy set off to write an album together. Though they don't particularly seem to like each other much, their chemistry is undeniable, and they end up writing a complex, heartfelt, al heartfelt album that rockets up the charts. While the band is seeing outer success successes, there's a lot of inner turmoil threatening to pull them apart. Yay! Yay! So I have to let you guys know, this is um, a book that Sarah had read. Yes. And she chose it for the podcast, and I literally finished it this morning, mm -hmm. and I've never finished a book that I wanted to talk to you about and felt like I couldn't talk to you because I wanted to make sure I talked to you about the book. Right. You wanted to save Into it. microphones yes. instead of through yeah. text. Yeah. And I actually like that. I like almost that we were kind of having to be a little bit more, I don't want to say timid, but, you know, like closed off a little bit more because if we're talking about a specific book on the podcast, we want to make sure we're talking about those things. And like, maybe I want to surprise you with something or you want to surprise yes, me with something. You exactly. Know? And I, it just, I don't know. So obviously you like this book. I love this book. Yes. Okay. Um, I, if I'm honest, I love this book more than I like Evelyn Hugo, which is Whoa. weird because I put Evelyn Hugo on, on, you know, my yeah. top five, but I, you know, I think I think I guess like the way Evelyn Hugo hit me a little bit more. Um, it just just being a little bit more um, of the times, I guess, uh, and like worldly with the with the whole um, you know LGBTQ type thing. Um, I think that's why I put it on my list. But Daisy Jones, I love the style of this book. I love um, I love how the characters are written and how you, without really, without really having a narrative still know and understand these characters which i love i agree i very much liked the style of the book and you had said i think last episode that it's um written like a rolling stones article right so i've can't say that i've ever picked up a rolling stones magazine is mm -hmm. that are they literally like interviews like this kind i of think thing? a lot so yeah there's definitely typically a narrative story but then they'll oftentimes go into um uh like a transcript type thing okay and I guess I guess a better way to put it almost would be like this is more like an oral history. You know what I mean? Yes. Like uh, one author talking to as many people as they can find about this one specific time or this one specific group of people. And um, I think that's the correct terminology is the oral history. Okay, um, which is it's probably the best way to describe it because there's so right. many times where somebody will say. I did exactly this, and the next person in the next comment says, "Nope, never did that." Exactly, exactly. And so it's everybody's memories and how they how right. they interpret what they remember, especially completely doped out of their minds for the most part. Most part, yes, yeah, and and like that that comes that comes through in with the writing because 
like you said, one person says something and then immediately the next paragraph is that person saying, no, that's not exactly the way it happened. This is how it happened. Right. Like, I think there's even an example of um, between Billy and Daisy when Billy's trying to get her to sing the one song and she's like, well, Billy told me it was about me. And Billy immediately is like, I never it, said it was about it her because it's not about, not about her. her. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it, right. it's, it's interesting, like the way people interpreted certain aspects and certain memories that they had Absolutely. And how, it, how it comes through. Yeah, and it's almost like the um, it's almost like I don't know how how you might perceive something in the moment, and then years from now it might be perceived differently, and you right. know maybe the person that was with you perceived it differently that time, and you know like yeah, and it could even your memories can be altered by other conversations you have with other people that were there. You know right. what I mean? And right. just kind of shifted a little bit. Yes on other people's memories yes i i loved the style of this book i it was made it very easy to read um like katie said earlier it's a very quick read i i'm gonna guess the first time i read it i can't exactly remember but i want to say i sat down in the morning and i had this book finished by the nighttime i easily could have done that except you know it's like pre-christmas and right it's very stressful time yes (laughs) super stressful time absolutely so when i the, the one of the things that i wrote down um I bought a used copy of this book, and it came as a large print book, which is fine because I felt like I could read it and not feel as old as I usually <laughs> feel when I have to turn oh, that on is, those words are It's huge. huge. Yeah, oh, oh they're huge. I could, like, hold it six feet away and still be able to read it. Yeah, mine are very tiny. Um, so, you know, I'm going to have to ask you... Um, I know you do, I know you liked this book, but were, did, was there anything that you didn't like about the book? I didn't like that there was one kiss... And it was barely a kiss, and that was it. So I expected more. You're obviously talking about Billy and and Daisy. No, Eddie and Pete. Come on. <laughs> yes, Billy and Daisy. They were brothers. That's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I I can agree with that. Um, thankfully, that's that's only a dislike in the sense that we obviously wanted to see more in that whole relationship, and. Um, Unfortunately, we didn't get it because... Because Billy is, like, the most noble of rock and rollers ever in the history of rock and rollers. Correct. Yes, he he absolutely is. Um, I I kept trying to think of, like, parallel people to him. And, I mean, I love classic rock, but I I don't know much about, like, bands and, like, the bands that ever, you know, their backstory or anything like that. Did you know that this is written specifically about a band that is in existence it it is yes okay so when i first started it like the first page or two okay i was like i think i think it's the author's note which is actually apparently not taylor jenkins reed's note okay it is the author of the stories notes okay so it's julia's oh julia's okay yeah and then i was like but I didn't realize that at first, and I was I had to Google. I'm like, is Daisy Jones and the Six a real band? Like, I don't remember like a lot of yeah. bands. Like you said, the musicians and we stuff weren't like that. born then, so we don't know. It's based on Fleetwood Mac. Okay, see, I figured that um, because at the end of the book, I, um, she mentions her love of Stevie Nicks. And, and the one album, correct. Rumors, is Rumors, that, that's yes. an album, right? Yes, yeah. and Rumors is by far their transcendent album you know i i love fleetwood mac i grew up listening to fleetwood mac my sister and i are named after fleetwood mac songs so you know i love stevie nicks she is obviously who i pictured 
when I was thinking about Daisy. They have sing similar singing voices, similar looks. Like it's just one of those things that I immediately started reading it and didn't even know that. And I was like, okay, I could see I could see this being Fleetwood Mac with all the inner turmoil and everything. So do you know the the inner turmoil that Fleetwood Mac actually had? Well, Stevie and Mick Fleetwood started a relationship and I don't know much about it. I just know that it did not end well. Um, well, you knew more than I did because I didn't even know Mick Fleetwood was a person. So, <laughs> <laughs> Mick Fleetwood, obviously one of the um, uh, the founding members of the band, and he, I believe, he was the drummer, and of course Stevie Nicks was a, a vocalist. Um, but yeah, they they started a relationship. I have no idea if that was before the band or because after. of the band. Yes, because of the band, but it did not end well, and um, and it. Now they, I believe they still tour together now, um, but I'm not, I, I know Stevie still at least tours with Fleetwood Mac. I'm not certain if Mick Fleetwood still does. I'll have to, I would love to look into that. But Producer Chris, ding in. There we go. I'd love to hear that. Um, ding. Producer Chris here. Sarah is correct. Stevie and Mick did have a fling and Stevie and Lindsay had were also together a few years prior to that. They stopped touring in 2018, and on that last tour, Lindsay was uninvited slash fired. Just a little note, I did get to see the classic lineup at the Times Union Center in 2013, and it ruled. So that's just a little brag from me. Tusk. Yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, if, if it has anything, any correlation to Fleetwood Mac, I, I did, I did get that in my, okay. in my own reading of it. Okay. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I think that knowing that ahead of time, I was constantly picturing Stevie Nicks and, and trying to understand if that mm-hmm. all of the other turmoil actually came from them. But yeah. I'm glad to know that it sort of does. Yes. A little bit, which yeah. makes sense. Um, But Billy, like, I'm st- like, I, I, I think I'm proud of him. Yeah. I know I'm proud of him. Yes. You should be. I feel like I think that's the sense that we should get about him. But my heart broke for Daisy. Mine did, too. Minded too, and I mean, obviously, whenever I'm reading a book like this, I my my first thought is always, I wonder if the two main characters are gonna get together. Like it's just the way that right. I think. I mean, it's exactly just the, because my it's, it's a book and it's yes. two main characters, and like their chemistry jumps out at the pa- on the page like immediately. They walk in to a room together, and everybody can tell that these two people are even without speaking words are drawn to each other. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, obviously, Daisy Jones, um, she's she's described as beautiful, this long reddish hair. She wears these big hoops in her ears, which Katie has worn her <laughs> hoops today in, in recognition of Daisy Jones. Um, she's she's always wearing a little less clothing than everybody else. I would love to have the balls and live in a place where I can wear no bra no pants, <laughs> no shoes, and just be like, eh, here I am. Here's my bangles. Well, I think it was made pretty clear that a lot of that also had to do with the many drugs, drugs that she was yes. on and taking. And um, I mean, I'm not saying I want to do drugs, but I wouldn't mind being hot all the time as opposed to cold all the time. Absolutely. So, you know. Absolutely. Yes. I, I would 100% agree <laughs> with that. I don't know. Get, getting into the book a little bit. I think I read when I started reading this, I one thing caught me almost immediately and it was literally within nine I think nine pages of the book I'm just gonna read it out really quickly because it was something that stuck with me and I'm like yes I love this person I want to be this person and of course it again made me think of Stevie Nicks and 
they're talking about how this man um uh i want to say used like lyrics of of daisy jones oh. that she wrote and daisy says and they're talking about how this daisy might be his muse and daisy jones in her voice said i'd have i had absolutely no interest in being somebody else's muse i am not a muse i am the somebody end of fucking story like immediately i'm yep. just like i love her i'm yeah. in love with her <laughs> i love daisy jones i want to be daisy jones <laughs> So that's like, you know, one of the first things I was like, okay, great. I knew this is going to be a book that I really am going to enjoy reading. So I agree. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I, I, I have like overall notes about the book. I don't necessarily have specific quotes written down, even though I flagged so many pages. Um, so who is your favorite character other than Billy or Daisy? Okay, so we can't go with the main characters, obviously. That would be Billy and Daisy. Right, correct. Okay. Um, I mean, everybody was a main character in its own right, but um, I would have to say probably Camilla because I thought that um, she was a very understanding person. And not just understanding in the sense like, um, you know, she's got this husband who is travels an awful lot and he's been caught cheating on her he used Literally, to have yes by her. by her she just had this this air about her that's i don't want to say trust she was tr she was trusting of billy but she had a faith and there's a quote in the book and I, I didn't write it down unfortunately um i'd probably go back but she literally says um i trust him because i have to if I don't trust him or have no faith in him, then I have nothing, basically. Yeah. So she was so in love with this person that she wanted to give him every opportunity to be the man she knew or thought, at least, that he could be. I agree with all of that. I think that Camilla was a very, very strong character, both, you know, liter literally, lit yeah. <laughs> lit in literal, I, yeah. Uh, and overall as a, as a person and, and her blind, like you said, her blind faith in him and yes. just being like, I have to trust him. I yes. have to. And he really didn't let her down once he committed to it. Correct. Um, he I never fell off the wagon right. until that fateful last, um, that last stadium thing, the you yep. know, tour that they did. Which we'll get back to that because I yes. want to, I want to talk about that. Oh, there's that a lot to talk about. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is going to be a long episode. Yeah. I feel. <laughs> Um, but you know, the fact that they talked every night was awesome. I feel like it, you know, either they were there or physically communicating and touching yes. base and she would stay up until whenever he got home from the studio yes. and he just, she just wanted to be up for him. Um, you could almost take that as untrustworthy, you know, like she didn't trust him enough in right, some ways because right. she was waiting up for him. She says that she wants to, and she wants to talk to him and you know, that. I assume that was correct. Right. But that was all probably underlying. Stuff right. It could well. also be like a subconscious untrust Absolutely. because, you know, you coming home, if he had a smell on him or yes. a hair or a lipstick smear, like see, you're going to be able to see that whether she realizes that's what she was doing or not. Right. All of that I agree with and I like her a lot. But I think Warren is one of my favorite characters. I feel like he's like got Warren. some great lines. He does. That were hilarious. Yes. And. I'm going to attempt to find one. Oh, 
This was this was the like the first thing that I folded down that I absolutely the way it was described I was like yes. <laughs> so um, page eighty six Warren says let me sum up that early tour for you. I was getting laid. Graham was getting high. Eddie was getting drunk. Karen was getting fed up. Pete was getting on the phone to his girl back home, and Billy was all five at once. And yes. I was like, ah. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> I, I remember rereading that and being like, that's a great yep. way to sum up yes. that whole first tour yep. for them. Yep. Um, just perfect. Perfect. Uh, I loved it. Um, there were things that I wanted to talk to you about. I don't know when we want to get to that, but um, me having read this book twice and you only once, yep. I obviously knew what was coming at the end, who was writing the story that we were that we were reading and I don't think I thought at all about the fact that there was an author and somebody who was the person doing all of the interviewing and gathering all of this communication like it it didn't even cross my mind right so that when they had that author's note and it was just like hey this is going to be the quick transcript of what actually happened because I'm the only one that could say it I was like oh yes yes and then I also um made the unfortunate decision to see how many pages the book was at some point and (laughs) scrolled through and saw somewhere, some point in time. I can't even tell you exactly which part it was, but I knew that Camilla died. And I was like, oh. So then I knew she had to stick around for the whole time. So I guess I kind of felt like I knew somewhere in my soul that Billy and Daisy weren't going to get together because Camilla was still going to be around by the end of the book. Right. That was, I I don't know how you figured that out because I certainly didn't until it was flat out told to us. I kept looking the second time for um, for clues about stuff like that. And I certainly was looking for clues about who the author was. Obviously, if you've read the book, you know that Billy's daughter, Julia, his first daughter, is the one authoring this oral history of this band. Um, Julia often went out on tour with the band. Um, She was obsessed with Daisy Jones. She was once asked by her father, who is your favorite member of Daisy Jones and the Six? And she said, Daisy Jones. Not you, daddy. (laughs) Um, And I honestly loved that twist of finding out that she is the... I agree. I agree. I thought it was was a good, good all of a sudden, whoa, look at that. Yes. And there are a lot of little mini things that when you're first reading it, you wouldn't catch on and say, okay, this is definitely being written by somebody close to this band. There were there were little pause pause breaks in some of the things where they might have seemed uncomfortable to tell her something. About drugs or sex. About drugs like or sex. Especially I, I did get that. Yes. Not I didn't interpret it as, oh, they must be talking to Right. Somebody that they right. know. It just that they were uncomfortable themselves sharing it. But knowing but in knowing, hindsight that yes, that's what exactly. it, that's who they were talking to, it makes it so much more clear as to why it's something that they were completely right. comfortable doing in the first place. But then when it came back to talking about it, they were like, um, yeah. Yes, exactly. And for instance, when Billy is telling um, or when everybody is telling uh, Julia about how Camilla caught him on the tour bus with uh, getting getting head. but. Yeah. <laughs> There's no easy way to put that, yep. but this is his daughter having to hear this story. And at this point, she has to be, I would I would want to say she has to be nearing 50 because they're talking about how, no, I guess maybe maybe more towards 40 because maybe our, closer to our age because they're talking about how Camilla died at 63 and that was five years ago. So at that point, then she would be 69. I can't remember how, sorry, <laughs> 63 plus five is 68. Sorry. Get that 69 out of your brain. I know. My apologies. <laughs> Anyway, um, 
so I couldn't figure out exactly what age she would be at this point, but I want to say like early 40s. Yeah, because I want to say Camilla was young 20s. Yes. when she had her right and uh i believe they're telling they're saying at the end like they're the the band members themselves are like around 70 or close to yeah. 70 yeah um so she's probably like mid to late 40s yeah that's what that's what i would think yeah um but either way that twist of her being the author was fantastic and the way that they brought it in by talking about ha- the um the Such conversation pivotal scene huge pivotal scene Billy and Billy and um, Daisy had just sang this incredibly emotional song on stage. And while singing it, they both acknowledge almost, wow, this is probably the last time we're there in, in their heads. They're acknowledging that they think that this might be the last time that they can sing this together or Especially they're going... sharing a freaking microphone face to face right yes. there like that. Yes, yes. Their chemistry is just so freaking scorching. Was it? was it honey? It was honeycomb, right? It was honeycomb. And oh yeah, because she changed the lyrics back. She changed the <gasps> lyrics back for him. <gasps> yes, um, just a just a beautiful story. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> I I'm so obsessed with the idea of people. I I love music so much. You do. I could never write a song i couldn't i couldn't write a book either just just like letting you know that right there like i can't get my words into coherent thoughts most times but um like the story behind people writing songs is just fascinating to me like and i love that almost with every song on that aurora album we got to find out what it was about and And who Yep, and the banter between them getting it to there and i love that it was i'm obsessed with that so just knowing that i don't know like there are real people who this is how they concoct their their music and and put it together it's just fascinating to me and i love it i enjoyed reading it in the story i didn't even read all the lyrics of the words at the end i didn't i felt like i knew them all yeah i I I know i didn't but i just i don't know i i I have a hard time reading song lyrics Mm -hmm. and like i couldn't even tell you what kind of songs each of them were like you know whether it's fast slow yeah yes yeah well and that was another thing that so if it came with like you know or cassette tape in the back i would have been like oh come with a cassette tape well you know the best part about this everyone is that amazon prime is coming out with a television show daisy jones and the six which means we are All going to get be this hearable. music. Hearable. And not just There's hearable, I'm guaranteeing we're going to be able to purchase that music and like own uh, it. You know what I mean? Like yep. we'll be able to stream it. We'll be able to hear these songs. And I don't know about you, but after that happens, I might have to read the book again just to come just to go back and see like what the author intended those songs to mean do and you know the purpose. Do you know who's starring in it? So I know that Billy Dunn is gonna be played by Sam. Sam Claflin, who is, um, you would know as Finnick O'Dare from The Hunger Games, um, uh, the second movie and the third movie. I, I might know him. I might not. You would. I'm you, sure I'd recognize him. Yes, you would. He was the he was the hot guy, the hot guy, the one that like everybody was in love with, and he was in love with, uh, you know, just this timid girl that you wouldn't expect him to be in love with. Anyway, um, <laughs> and Who's Daisy, Daisy Daisy Jones is, I don't know. I'm not going to be saying this right. Riley Keo Keoff. I don't know how to say her last name, okay. and I don't know what she's been in previously, but she does look the part. I did look her up. And Do you know if she sings? I don't. I don't. Because I feel like that's 
I mean, I would he, hope she has you would ha- to. Right? You would think that they wouldn't cast somebody who's not going to be able to actually sing the... Sing the yeah, I hate it when they, they cast a person and they... Have to lip sync. Yes, and somebody else is singing the word. Like, that That bugs me. Just cast the whole thing. Come on. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see how her... How she portrays her and... Um, just the pictures that I've seen, I'm like, okay, I can I can see this. I can see this. The other people I don't know. Oh, I did hear one that I'm obsessed with, though. <laughs> That's a lie. I remember now. The other day I was reading something random and um, it popped up. A Daisy Jones and the Six uh, uh, cast casting news popped up for me. Timothy Oliphant, who I love. You would know him from Scream 2, maybe. He was the killer in Scream 2. Did you ever see Scream 2? Probably. <sighs> Probably. Anyway, he was way younger back then. I'm um, not a good actor. People, I you know, movie, you know me with my yeah. pop culture. I know, stuff. I know. That's why you're but here. <laughs> he is playing Rod, the manager, okay. the band manager. Yep. Um, so I cannot wait to see that on screen because that'll be good. I love him. He's he's so hot. <laughs> he just <laughs> absolutely adore Timothy Oliphant. So I, I'm looking forward to that. But they're the only ones that I really know. All right. So I have another note that I wrote down. Um, Going back to the formatting of the book, the whole book is basically dialogue. Yes. And then my side note is that they all really kind of suck at communicating for Absolutely. the whole thing being dialogue. Um, the the difference, and I'm going to go right to uh, Graham and Karen, their whole relationship. Yes. And, and the communication between them is just, they're like building a bridge from two different sides. And Absolutely. Totally missing each other. Yes. Daisy and Billy, I think, are mirrors of each other when he's doing drugs i feel like they're very 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 similar yeah and then when he's sober they're like hard opposites yes and i think that's why he he feels that he cannot have any kind of real relationship with her not not even a friendly relationship with her right and they get so angry at each other yes yeah because they're like brother and sister almost right even though obviously not but But even still it's obvious that they have some kind of chemistry even to one another they realize like you know there there were times in the book when billy even said i couldn't take my eyes off of her like she she was the most beautiful person i've ever seen in my life and singing with her you know brought these feelings up and and that's why he could no longer do what he was doing because he didn't trust himself you know what I mean like yeah she made him want to made him want to um go back on those promises that he made to his wife before you know after rehab and and while starting this family with her so I think that was I don't know there's so many times where he's so close and then is just like nope like the the time when they're at the pool and she's in this beautiful gown which i can't wait to see what that gown looks like because oh, I, I was like i want that dress me too right <laughs> you like what'd you say a sea nymph yeah yes yeah and i was like oh, i could do that <laughs> um where he's like walking and he wants to he wants to go to her and and help her and be of assistance to her doesn't have they're like magnets, I guess. Yes. And the pull and the pull, the pull and the pull? Yes. The pull apart? The, <laughs> I don't know how you say that. I, the push and pull? Yeah, I guess so. Sure. There, we'll go with that. Where, where you go towards somebody and then all of a sudden you're just going to get that much more attracted to yes. them. Yeah. That's a good analogy. Minus yeah. the push and pull part. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like he, if he stays outside the circle of her, he's not going to fall into the trap and, and the drugs and the sex and right. all of that. But if he gets into that circle close enough to her gonna pull him in yes. and he could go right down under yeah and he, and what's what's good about him is that he recognizes that 
immediately he knew he walked in there and he said he said to himself i i don't see a person who needs help i see a person who knows how to have fun yeah. like i you know and and he and he knew that if he took one extra step into that party, he wasn't leaving without somebody pushing a drink into his hand or giving him some blow or like, you know what I mean? Like he was not going to leave that party if he if he went in any further uh, sober. Right. Or without making some kind of mistake. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's a very complex character. And I love that about this. Like he's definitely, I think, the most fleshed out person in this book. Agreed. I feel yeah. like uh, it's it could be partly because his daughter was the one writing it. Sure, absolutely. It also could be that you know he, he is well. The the book starts with Daisy Jones. Yes, and then hard detour yes. to the, to the band, the Six Dunn, the Dunn brothers. Dunn brothers. The I Dunn think brothers, I read it yeah. as Dune like the whole time until they told us that Graham's got a hot sauce about Dunn burned your tongue yes, off, and I was yeah, like, Dunn burn your tongue off? Like, yeah. oh, it's done. They're the Dunns. Yeah. There was another whole scene where um, it was early when when they were making the, I, it must have been when they were making Aurora and and Daisy was thinking one whole side of the conversation and Billy was having a whole other side of the conversation but it was just the two of them and in the interpretation I got is that Daisy really thinks that there's this underlying thing that Billy's trying to get across like I want a bone where Billy's really just like. I don't want to be near you because of drugs yes. and and that whole section of it. And I don't, there was, a, 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 I don't know if this is the exact same thing, but it's very similar. Um, oh, that's when they start playing truth or dare. Is that, did they play truth or dare? Not truth or dare. Can right. I ask you something? I, I don't know. She, he basically said like, what's with all the pills? And yes. then she was like, what's your deal with the with pills? Each other. Yes. Yeah. They so were maybe it was just, can we play truth? I don't know. I think that was probably Not when they first started writing the album specifically. They had to actually when they be had in a room. To Teddy's yes. pool house or whatever. Yes, they had is... to be stuck together at what, you know, yeah. so close okay. or whatever. But there was, I can't remember which song it was that they were writing, but she, what I, what I believe it was, is that she saw um, Camilla with her, with her children and, Everybody kept saying she was really good with Julia and everybody kept saying, oh, you'd make a good aunt. Yes. You'd make a really good aunt. Yes. And that I think that struck a chord with her. And she said, well, how what kind of a basically what kind of a shitty person am I for people not to say you'd be a good mom? You'd be you'd make you'd be a, a good, good aunt. aunt. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so then she said that she wrote this one specific song after that. And Billy took that song to be. um you know, you're fa- you're in love with someone uh, that you can't have or whatever. So she, her quote is, even then, I wasn't sure Billy and I were having the same conversation. Yes. Yes. That's the I one. Th- that's... I, fl- I did flag that somewhere. Yes. And that struck me really, really hard because, I mean, she's writing this song about a specific thing and he's thinking it's about something completely opposite. But at the same time, that is the beauty of music. Like, people can interpret songs and and music in whatever way they you know if i could always interpret a song if i'm having a shitty day i'm gonna i'm gonna think listen to this one sad song and it's gonna be completely different to me than it might be on any other day yep you know what i mean so but i just i think that like i loved that daisy was so unapologetically her she never there was never one time when i was like daisy jones is she's 
putting on a front. Putting on a front. She's faking all of this. She's acting. Like, 100% you knew from the the second you started reading this book, she was, this was her, who she really was. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, the whole part where Teddy was trying to get her to do, like, a pop album yes. first. And she was like, I don't want Absolutely to. Absolutely not. I don't want to. She's like, I want. Here for. This is not what I'm here this for. This is what I want to do. I want to write my own songs. Um, and, uh. I don't know. I think that probably that honestly probably happens in a whole lot. Like that kind of reminded me a little in a little way of um, Kelly Clarkson. Um, when Kelly first came on the scene, you know, people were writing songs for her. And for her second major album, she said to them, she's like, I want to write my music. I want to write my music. And unfortunately, the second album flopped in a way um, because the people, the powers that be just didn't promote it as well as they could have because... Okay. They weren't happy with they didn't it. Want it. They didn't want it that way. This is the way that they wanted it. Um, and that's honestly, that's one of my favorite albums of hers. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, that it just reminded me of that. So I have I do have um, a couple other funny things that I wrote down that made me really laugh. I flagged them. <laughs> um, oh, when they were talking about the house that they first moved into, Graham said Warren's bedroom had a toilet in it. He used to oh say God, he yes. had his own bathroom, but he didn't. His room had a toilet just in the corner of the room yes i love that line i just pictured a prison cell yes basically yeah yeah no i absolutely loved that um okay so let's talk about the ending of the book specifically i loved 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 the way that camilla went into that room and gave daisy exactly what daisy needed i think that daisy would have sat there pining for billy and been miserable i actually i'm not gonna lie at certain parts of this book i really thought that daisy was gonna kill herself um or die just from a drug overdose yes i thought she was i thought she was gonna end up dead Mm -hmm. at at some point um when billy rejected her i was for sure convinced that she was gonna go kill herself but then instead she just wrote a song yeah, right exactly yeah like, <laughs> like she a... like pulled something the way it was written she was pulling something out of her car and then i thought she was gonna like drive off the bridge and <laughs> nope she was just looking for a pen found eyeliner but cool it works right, yeah um but i the fact that camilla knew that she just needed to say to daisy like he's not gonna leave you mm-hmm. nope he's not gonna leave me for you right he's exactly. mine yes Go and i'm away. not gonna give him off and as, i'm not yes. yeah and and there was a couple other times where I, Camilla, overall, I think she liked Daisy. I think she Absolutely. had a soft spot for her. Absolutely. Partly because of how she was with Julia, but also seeing this woman and, and how she's standing up for herself and her own music and stuff like that. And I think that Camilla just really in, liked Daisy. Yes. And unfortunately, it had to be the person that her husband really fell in love with. Yes. Outside of their marriage. Right. But, I think that it was good for Camilla to be able to say to Daisy, like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like she, I don't know. It's almost like she was kind of like a, like a a mama cub or or a mama bear almost like protecting her cub. Over the band. Yes. Just saying. Billy and the band. Right, exactly. And she said to her, listen, um, one of you has got to go or one, something's got to give and it's not going to be me. And, like, I loved that about her. As much as I wanted to be like, go, let Daisy and Billy be together, you oh. know? Like, because they obviously love, they have this connection, but sometimes it's not, connection doesn't matter all the time. But the fucking letter that she left Julia at the yes. end, I was like, ah! Yes. 
Yes. Like knowing, I think I was so worried that nothing was going to come of that. And, and so then it was just in my thought, like, okay, Camilla passed away. It's been said that she passed away five years ago now. And first of all, why, like, how come in that five years that hasn't been, there has been no Billy and Daisy communication. He's not the one that set up the lawn care. What is he doing? He's like producing, isn't he? He would no. He's he was writing songs, I believe, okay. for other for okay. other bands. So they moved. They moved to North Carolina. They got their house in North right. Carolina. No honeycomb. No honeycomb. No. But um, uh, they. You know, he was living the life I think that he wanted to live after that whole stadium tour and realizing, I need to move on, otherwise, um, it this is not my life is not going to turn out the way it I should. Almost wonder if Julia by doing all of these interviews is essentially going to rip open all those old wounds and all those feelings. And, and it is potentially possible that Billy and Daisy could get together. Yes. Specifically because of the interview. Like, I would be curious to know if she started doing the interviews because of the letter or if she had already started doing the book and, and creating it. I like to think that her mother left her and her, da- her sisters that email and I think it was an email. I think it was an email. I, that's the way. It, that's the way it came off to me. But Better. it's all addressed formally. I think so. That doesn't mean anything. Do you address your emails like that with people's address at the top? I don't really know. I don't know. Hang on. Hold on. Let's go. Hold on. Wait a minute. Don't count yourself out this early, Daisy. You're all sorts of things you don't even know yet. What is that? Uh-huh. That's what you want. Part of the what she said to her. The only thing I have is this email that says from Camilla Dunn to Julia Dunn Rodriguez, Susanna Dunn, Maria Dunn, November 5th, 2012, 11.41 p.m. Subject, your dad. Hi, girls. I need your help. After I'm gone, give dad your some t- give your dad some time and then please tell him to call Daisy Jones. Her number is in my date book in the second drawer of my nightstand. Tell your father I said at the very least the two of them owe me a song. Love, mom. So I may have read that as... <laughs> an actual address at the top like formally like dear ma'ams yeah but i mean it's obviously hi girls and it's definitely an email yeah it's date stamped and not just date stamped it's time stamped yes. like an email would yes, be. yes exactly you're welcome katie Helene. <laughs> i do think that that email probably was the catalyst for julia to start to start doing that because she'd okay. be like hmm why? Why yes. would my mom yes. want this? Why would she want her to go back 50 or 40 years or whatever? Exactly. Like, so that might, that's probably was the catalyst for her starting to write this oral history. And um, I would love to know what Julia did otherwise. Like if she was an, I assume she was some kind of journalist or author, maybe, uh-huh. but you would think you would think so. Maybe she worked for Rolling Stone. I don't maybe. know. <laughs> okay. So another part that I want to talk about, and I, I did briefly mention Graham and Karen's relationship yeah. is the whole um, pregnancy and the abortion that they had. Right. Um, I thought that who was it that had the conversation with Karen? Was it Camilla? I think Camilla. That yeah. was basically like, if you if you're gonna break his heart, you're gonna break his heart. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. So the whole time we know that Graham is obviously more in love with Karen than Karen is completely with Graham. obvious. Yes. And I think that Karen kind of just fell into it with Graham because I it, I almost feel like it was a matter of convenience for her, like. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's hounding me. He's being respectful about it, too. So he's not being a little shit and just right. trying to get in my pants. Right. 
And then all of a sudden her eyes kind of opened and was like, well, I know a lot about him. We're really good friends. Yes. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Well, I think that the way it started basically was at some point, I and honestly, it started way earlier in the book than I remembered it starting the first time I read it. Um, but they're at a hotel at one point after a show and, and she said, or even before a show, I can't even remember, but she says to him or calls him on the phone. Good. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I totally just interrupted. We refilled our, our drinks. With and, a different uh, flavored bourbon. Hold on. Let me take a sip here because I want to see. Uh... It's good. Oh, that's way more apple-y than the last one. Which makes sense. Yeah, because it was an apple flavored bourbon. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's Sorry. delicious. It's delicious. So if you want to change up that cocktail recipe a little bit and put an apple flavored bourbon in, it's it's good. It's tasty. Either way, they're delicious. But anyways, back to Graham and Karen. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> so there's there's after a show or before a show, I can't remember exactly which. Um, but I think they're just talking and they're hanging out. And at one point, she calls him and says, "How come you've never tried anything with me?" And he says, "Because I don't want to get shut down." And she says. You Go wouldn't ahead. get you wouldn't get shut down, yeah. and he and like, like seconds he like later, dropped whatever he was yes, doing and ran. Seconds later, they're having sex in, in yeah. her hotel room, and I think one of the funniest parts about the book is that they're constantly other band members are constantly trying to figure out who is banging Karen. Oh, the one guy was convinced that it was it was like that? a lighting guy. Was it Eddie that was convinced? No, because Eddie's, no, the, Eddie's one the one who figured them. it out. I think it was Warren. So it must have was, been Warren. Warren was the one who was constantly rocks? like not rocks. bones, bones, bones. The lighting guy. So yeah. Karen Karen was getting her world rocked by Bones, the lighting guy, when in fact it was Graham, uh, a band member. <laughs> um, that was very, I don't know, that I liked the, the quietness of that relationship a lot. I like that they kept it secret because I feel like there was already yes. a, a tumultuous relationship Inside. center of the band yes. and they yes, didn't need exactly. to add to it. They didn't need to add to it. There, there didn't need to be any more problems. Um, I loved that, like, you know... When they were off touring, they were basically living together and they would take these trips together and, you know, do all these things together. But, yeah, the whole time, it's obvious that Graham is more in love with Karen than Karen is and with him. And seeing the same kind of honeycomb end yes. that mm-hmm. Billy and Camilla have and want Envision, and are aiming yes. towards. And I think, I honestly, I think the most heartbreaking part about that whole relationship is that Graham didn't have anybody he felt like he could go to or talk to. He tried to talk to his brother and his brother was going through so much other shit that he just could not, he couldn't focus on anything but himself and his family. And that heart, that made me feel heartbroken. And I was worried at the end of the book that they were going to be apart. Like Graham and Billy were not going to be together. They would be more estranged, but thankfully from what you're reading, Graham says, you know, after when he finally did have his own children, he had Billy to look up to for all of that. So do, that yeah. made me feel a lot yes. better that, oh, yeah. okay, good. There's not a, a, you know, a strained relationship there because right. it easily could have become one. Right. I feel like, but if, I feel like Graham almost wanted to shove his feelings down Karen's throat to the point in time that she could have been, they, they could have gotten through it together and they not necessarily stayed together, but they could have still had a relationship at least a friendship if he was more open to what she was what saying she wanted and, and i mean she said multiple times uh or he basically kept saying you know people change their minds about this stuff all the time you think you don't want something and then you realize you do like trying to get her to essentially 
change your mind change your mind about having the abortion about having yes. a baby or having an abortion and and quoted as saying i'd regret it for the or he just didn't understand i wasn't scared of regretting not having a child but i was scared of regretting having a child mm-hmm. you know she she said it enough times to julia i don't know that it ever really came across so much other than maybe once that she actually said to him i don't want this baby and then he he kind of spent some time trying to change her mind and then you know she did go through with the abortion and he took it extremely personal for yes. something that they were not married yes they were not even openly dating to yes. the point in time that people knew that they were together and you know he says right on page well she says that he says on page 401 he turned to me with this look on his face like i never thought you'd do this to me quote but the fact that she interpreted that from his look and that's how he was came across his feeling yes. basically yes. like it was yeah. it was an insult to him that she re- didn't want to have his baby basically yeah. it, or that she didn't want to have a baby What's what like? I don't know if you felt this while reading this, but um, that whole section of this book is incredibly timely right now. Yes, because we are the fuck out of here, Texas. We are having to worry about our you know body autonomy rights being revoked, basically. Yes, and um, returned. Just reading something like that when you know this is happening in the the mid to late seventies when you know Roe v. Wade was nineteen seventy three. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's really uh, stark. I don't know. It just pivotal it is it it is and it it made me really distraught that this is a fight that we're still fighting you know like this is something that we still have to worry about like women it's been 50 years yes yes like 50 and and men should not take personally that we can make decisions for ourselves and for our bodies and and what's best for us personally um I'm just going to throw this out there and like it might get a lot of hate, but I'm going to if men were the ones who had babies, this wouldn't even be an issue. Like right. it wouldn't even be a question. There's I someplace at some point somebody said there's not a single law about what men can do with their bodies. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Why would there be we won't devolve too far into a political and, and um, <laughs> social social norms and, and that kind of stuff. But I, it is something that struck me as I was reading it, especially now, um, given stuff. But um Anyway, I did like uh, it, it did. It, it bummed me out that they don't end up together, but I am glad that they both seem to have what they wanted. Karen doesn't have a family. She, you know, she's by she from what it seems, she's either by herself or with someone who understands that she never wanted a family. And Graham has the family that he always wanted and somebody to sleep with at night. Exactly. Or whatever that was. Exactly. That's another instance of Camilla being fucking awesome, though. Yeah. When she's goes with her and you know yeah karen's like am i making the right decision and she's like well what do you think do you think you're making the right decision and yeah i am okay yeah. then you are listen typically and you know you can say this to anybody and they're not always going to believe it but typically your first instinct is the correct instinct you know like your first thought on a situation and what you should do is probably the right one and karen obviously knew the entire time that she wasn't either either wasn't ready to have a baby or just didn't want one in the first place and like that is her decision to make nobody else's anyway (laughs) probably could have done a little bit more preventive measures but sure but it's the 1970s (laughs) and they're in a rock band so (laughs) there's that whole side yeah yeah um, I have a question, Katie. Sure. Like, just this is just a general question because um, 
I am kind of, I don't want to say I'm, I'm like what they, what you would kind of call a straight edge person in that, like, I've never tried any different drugs. I've never done like any, any hard drugs or anything like that. When you read a book, when I read a book specifically about like a lot of hard drugs and people taking drugs, I get really like down in a way because A, I've never experienced any of that. And B, it makes me sad that people need, like, feel like they need to to be taking those drugs I, or I doing totally those things. I totally get what you're saying. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to say that I feel sad. The, the concept of heroin just terrifies mm-hmm. me. And I feel like if there was some way to eradicate that, it, the whole world would be a better place without Absolutely. it. And the fact that people even get to the point in time where they even think about wanting to try it, it right. scares the shit out of me. Yes. I've never really done a lot of hard drugs either. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I, I feel like I mean the drugs they're talking about specifically they're they're talking about certain pills they're talking about heroin they're though nobody really does heroin a lot I, Billy gets into heroin a little bit but mostly I think they're talking about cocaine which is a drug that I've never tried and I will never Same. ever try. Same. I have enough issues with my freaking nose and my sinuses in the first place. <laughs> I'm not trying to mess that up. I don't need to work it. Yeah, yeah. worry about anything more than that. Yeah. No. I, I, it's just it's hard to like alcohol. We both drink, yeah. so we know how that affects us and how, you know, different alcohols affect you differently. Like yes. bourbon makes you really freaking warm, especially when you're sitting in a closet. Yeah. Still have my clothes on for now. <laughs> um, but the the experience that people get from different kinds of drugs I've never experienced, there's only so much reading about it you can do before you realize you're like, I don't, I've never experienced it. Right. I, don't, I don't know exactly what kind of high or exactly what kind of low that no, it's just not, not that I would know from experience. Just the whole, it's just it's scary. so it's a scary, scary. Drug. Yeah. And, I, and and it's the fact that it's still around and that yeah. people can know it's super scary. Like this fifty years ago, and it wasn't yeah. nearly as scary as it is now. Right, exactly. But it's still terrifying. Yes. And just, I guess that is you know kind of sad to to think that people get to that point in time where they don't know how to turn it off right exactly and how to say basically how to say no to drugs oh well and certainly they didn't go through dare in the 90s right exactly yeah dare (laughs) um oh my god dare so there's another relationship that we haven't talked about at all which one is that uh daisy got married Mm. (laughs) see i tried i think it's better to forget it honestly i when he first came on the scene i was like well this seems awfully convenient well this seems awfully convenient yeah well this is awfully convenient. And then my favorite character, go ahead and went out, threw out a quote where Warren says, I met Niccolo and I went, oh, okay, got it. This guy's a con artist. And I was like, yeah, that's it. That's, that's exactly that's, it. That was my thoughts on this that's guy. That's exactly it. He's not a prince. Yes. The fact that they flew to Rome, I would have loved to have known where they stayed. They stayed in like a Best Western in center Rome. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're totally right about that. He just, she just licked it right up. But, I mean, she was coming off of the start of a massive heartbreak. Uh, she's heartbroken. Yes. Yeah. She she left for Rome or, like, wherever she went. Or I think she was in Thailand, Thailand. or something. Thailand. She, yeah, like, she met it. him in Thailand. Yes. Um, she, she left because she knew, like, she couldn't have Billy at that point. Yeah. And he broke her heart. And they had finished. She ran away. Yeah. They, I mean, they had finished doing the album. And it was between, I think it was, be- it was between the album. And the tour. And yeah. the tour. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, it was kind of a thing of convenience for her. Here's this guy that, you know, he says all the right things and he's a, he's an Italian prince and he's handsome and he does all these drugs with me. Like she was going down a very bad path with him. I mean, all of the stuff, like it really disappointed me too, reading about all of the stuff. Um, and this is like, this makes me sound like such a nerd because almost any time, <laughs> like I hear these things like rock bands would do, like destroying a hotel, like even still like destroying hotel rooms. I'm like, why do you have to do that? Yeah, like, what, what is the necessary? Can you like, not control yourself at all? Yes. Like, but again, they're like doing, can't you follow so the rules much- and go smoke outside? Exactly. <laughs> but again, they're doing so many drugs that it's like that they stuff don't give doesn't, it, and it's not phasing them. Yeah. So yeah, that was a bummer. But, uh, his, you know, obviously the you could definitely see some some jealousy in Billy when Nichol when back. yes yeah. when he came back with this when she came back with this husband and obviously there was a lot of jealousy on the husband's part um he was just a dirtbag and thankfully she she left him at one point like bye yeah um, Lola Cava yeah I love that Lola nickname Cava, yes pen yeah. name pseudonym whatever you want to call yeah, it I, would, I guess it would be a pseudonym for when she's staying in, yeah. a, in, a, in the Chateau Marmont which I always thought Marmont. was like super expensive but she moves in there real early in the book and I'm yeah. like how'd she's you do that super young she's like still like you know she's before it's before she's 20 I think like, right she might be like 16 17 18 years old at that point um uh, one other relationship, just one more relationship uh, that we we need to touch on before we wrap up our our discussion on the book, which is obviously way longer than <laughs> uh, uh, Simone and Daisy. How different in age were they supposed to be? I want to say they were two to three years apart. Okay, Simone was only two to three years older than okay. Daisy. So I feel like. At the beginning of the book, they were super close in age. Mm-hmm. And then once Simone went to New York City to do, like, Studio 54 disco stuff, and then whenever she was back with Daisy, I felt like she was 10 to 15 years older than her. Just maturity level, I, I guess, is probably exactly the way it, is. It, way it came across. Yes, but... I think that's exactly what it is because Simone had this maturity about her that Daisy didn't really have. You know, yes, there, Daisy was mature in certain ways. Um, you know, you can be mature in certain ways and then also, like – all the other stuff is immaturity. I mean, the the drug use, the the drinking, like all Fuck of that. I'll show up when I want. Exactly. That not was another taking, Warren quote. Not she, taking. She any shows up. It's on. It's on accident. Daisy yes. showing up on time is by accident. It was by accident. Yeah. Yes. I did. That's what I said. I love that Daisy is unapologetically herself, but it is at the expense of other people a lot of times. Yes. And even though I love that about her, it's also it also can be very frustrating. And I did love the fact that Simone was supposed to meet her. Where was she that she was supposed to meet her? Like New York City? No. They were supposed. Yeah, she was supposed to meet her out in Thailand. And that's when she got. Yes. And then she followed her to Italy. I'm like, how do these people find each other with no cell phones? And she's like, I called the credit card and I pretended to be here. And I'm like, credit card, shut you down. Not a, not, not back not then now. they didn't. Not back then. It's like, no. But I can't imagine like flying to a country and being like, where are you? Oh, you're not here in this yeah, country. You're you gone. left this hemisphere. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And like, and it's just honestly super rude of Daisy. It, extremely. You know? But just, you know what? If you're strung out of your brain, you're not paying attention. She's not. She wasn't. But that's the thing. She was unreliable because she yeah. was just so, so high all the time. Constantly on stuff. Something or everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that probably wraps up our discussion on the book itself. Let me just make right? sure I don't have any more funny quotes. <laughs> oh, oh, it does Let's not go wrap back up to our the book. drugs. 
Uh, Daisy is talking. Um, I guess they were after she did that one like appearance with them. Oh, this is when she was with Hank, that guy that was like her manager guy yeah, that yeah. was sleeping with her and just yes. providing her with all sorts of drugs. Right. And then keeping her strung um, out all the time. She says, our relationship was not in a good place. I should never have been with a guy like that. That's one thing they don't mention when they tell you to stay away from drugs. Like in Dare. They don't say, drugs will have you sleeping with some real jerks, but they should. And I was like, that really could help. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would definitely I mean, turn a not, lot of people not off. Not in like fifth grade, but you know, <laughs> maybe in college. If you could do you drugs, you could sleep with this guy and have no idea. Could you imagine if in fifth grade when you're in D.A.R.E., your D.A.R.E. officer was like, don't do drugs, you'll sleep with ugly exactly. people. Exactly. You uh, might have like a coyote ugly situation <laughs> happening in the morning. <laughs> Ew, anyway, oh, anyway, so yes, now that wraps up our our story, our story conversation. section, conversation, epilogue. All right, so that brings us to our epilogue. Yes. Um. So for our next book, for our next episode, we chose another book that Katie and I have already read once. Um. And at this point, we a we've, long time a ago, a long time ago. Yes, I, I want to say I read this book. Before my kids were born, before Aiden was born. So that's at least 12 years at this point. That's probably about it for me. Yeah. And obviously we reread it, but. Um, we're working on that yeah. once we knew which book we needed to put down. And <laughs> I already finished it a second time. I've already made my notes on it. Daisy Jones. I might have to read it a third time. I don't know. It's like, it's, it's so, a dense, such a dense book. book. Yes. It is a dense book. Um, but it's so good. And I, I know that I liked it when I read it. Yes. And then I liked all of her subsequent ones. Correct. Mm-hmm. That was her first one, right? That was her first one, yes. Just so much better the second time. And I hate saying that because I don't like rereading books. But just remembering how much I like it. And I think it's like I think it's easier to get it's almost easier to get into fall into a book that you've already read because you kind of know where it's going, but you also want to learn new things about it. And like you're you're still yeah, you've read it before, but you forgot a lot of stuff too. Right. But you also remembered a lot of things. You know what I mean? Yes. It's one of those things. It's also back to our thriller detective. Yes, it is. Core where we we like to be. Yes, it is. And it's going to be our first one for the podcast, and I think that it's going to be awesome. Our first mystery book, and we're going to watch the whole Stars mini series. Katie, I do, I don't know if you realize this, but we haven't even told them the book yet. We did. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> What book are we reading, Sarah? <laughs> we are going to be reading In the Woods by Tana French. Uh, as Katie said, it's her first in a series about the Dublin Murder Squad, which it, which I learned, unfortunately, is a, a fictional thing. Like, the Dublin Murder Squad isn't a thing. I mean, there's Dublin and there's murder detectives. Right, but, like, I think they're... they're probably part of a squad. Well, the, they're part of the... What, they're called Guardi, the, gar, the Guardi. Oh, yeah. You know, but... Yep. So I don't think the Dublin Murder Squad is, you know, that's a fictional name that she made up for them. But, um, uh, yes, it's a book that we both love. We're excited. There is a TV show out that we're going to binge before we... Uh, uh, do the episode. episode so we can do some compare and contrast yes yes we did we previously watched an episode or two and um we just we just could not find the time to squeeze them all in so we're gonna take a day off and we're just gonna watch them that's what we're gonna do drink exactly that's exactly what we're gonna do <laughs> speaking, speaking of, drinks, of that <laughs> make sure you follow us on our social media so you can hear all about our next cocktail that's gonna go with in the woods by tana french yes and uh you can find us again on instagram and twitter at to be read pod uh, and again, that's spelled T-W-O-B-E-R-E-A-D-P-O-D. And you can also email us at tobeeredpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe 
to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, join us next time when we hopefully make your to-be-read pile one book less. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. To Be Read is hosted by Sarah Westcott and Katie Willey. Produced, edited, and mixed by Chris Turrow. Logo concept art by Rhiannon Kenfield. Graphic design by Steve Pius. But one of one of the interesting things in here is that there's a lot of like bold words in my book and okay. it didn't look like yours had any and I was trying to figure out what the correspondence was but like for instance this this random page Karen says when she showed up she was wearing a men's button-down shirt as a dress that was it I remember thinking where are her pants and where are her pants is bold huh. so I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be like an emphasis which I guess I mean that's a good emphasis because where are her pants I guess um, right <laughs> but then there's a lot of times where it's just like about or laughs and it's just the bo- so I, that it almost, was it was yeah, bizarre that almost seems like it might have just been like a mistake on the pr- the the printer part or something you know but for it to be done so many times is kind of strange yeah no it's all throughout the book a lot that's that's interesting like, i'm seeing a lot it. of times yeah. like the titles like greg mcginnis former concierge of the continental hyatt house his title is bolded i don't know yeah, no, that's really so strange. So we can't really uh, dissect that because you didn't interpret no, any of that. No, because, yeah, that's not that's not the same in, in my copy. The only thing bolded are their names. Like, um, sometimes they were, they made sense, but I don't know. So I think Anyhow. it's, it, our consensus is that the bold has nothing to do with the story. I'm sure it does. <laughs> a little bit here and there. But it wasn't, it wasn't blatantly obvious, like, yeah. oh, that was a good hard hit point. It's a good thing that was bold. Now I mm-hmm. get it. That mm-hmm. makes sense. That didn't happen. Right, right. But. Um, so I also might never read regular print books. <laughs> it, it really helps that whole, I don't know. I don't know. It's no. all, I don't know if I like the idea of having to go that route yet. I'm not ready for that. No, I, I'm not really ready for that. Yeah. I, it just happened to be the version that, that you got. got yes. And I was not correct. upset by it.